Hey guys, welcome back to the Locked On Chargers podcast. I am your host, Daniel Wade, here with my co-host, John Kegley, to get a recap of the last game against the Saints preseason week three. Me and John have been covering the Chargers for three years, even making our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live which we started because we both write for San Diego's top sports blog, San Diego Sports Domination, covering all sorts of sports in the city of San Diego. Since we've been covering the Chargers, we decided to bring you a everyday podcast to talk about the Chargers. So it's great to be here with you guys today. And there's some things I want to get to. We're going to recap the game, the 36-7 to loss against the Saints. It wasn't as bad as it sounds. And then we're also going to get into some of the press conferences from the game, including Derwin James talking about his game and Austin Eckler talking about his great game. And then we're also going to just give you some some key stats from the game, give you some of the positive and the negative stats, and kind of break that down, how this game went along. But first, John, how are you and how did you receive that last game? Um, based on that last game, I would have to say we only have about 22 players on this roster, and then after that, we put in air. Yeah, well, obviously you're speaking metaphorically, but you're not very far off, literally, because there was a lot that went wrong. About midway through the second quarter, the game really fell apart, but I digress. So, let's start with the beginning. It was exciting to see Phillip Rivers and the starters get out there. Minus Melvin Gordon, obviously, didn't play in this game. But you got to see the starting offensive line as it is right now, minus Forrest Lamp, who we think will probably get in there for Michael Schofield. And the Chargers really should have scored on their first drive. They got a great showing from Austin Eckler on the first drive, and especially following behind the left side of that offensive line with Russell Okun, Dan Feeney, and Mike Pouncey. Those guys are really pushing people around up front and getting a, just an aggressive push and an aggressive movement along that offensive line that we haven't really seen in the past, John. And unfortunately, the drive ended up with the Chargers going for it on fourth and goal. Phillip Rivers threw a ball, I mean, really through the back of the end zone. Mike Williams wasn't open, didn't make a great effort for it, but I don't know if he could have caught it anyway. There was no way he was catching that ball that was – Way overthrown, but I'm glad they went fourth on fourth down. It's good to get these little kinks fixed now while you can say, oh, well, the game didn't matter. And on that drive, we got to see, as you mentioned, how good that offensive line is with running the ball. And you can't say Melvin Gordon made him look good because it was the backup Austin Eckler that was literally plowing through the Saints defense. And in the end, a pass is what makes us not score a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know if Anthony Lynn goes for it there in the regular season. I saw some people giving him credit, just saying, oh, hey, look, at least he's ballsy enough to go for it on fourth down. But I refuse to give him credit. It was a preseason game. You saw the Saints go for two on every one of their four touchdowns. So I, it's hard to really give Anthony Lynn credit there for going for it because, of course, you want to see these things when it doesn't really matter very much. And another play that happened before the Chargers got their first possession was the big interception by Derwin James. Derwin James' first NFL interception, I know it comes in the preseason, but 
Hey, it was off of Drew Brees. There's no preseason in that, John. Getting a pick off Drew Brees, whether it's in the preseason game or the regular season game, is not easy to do. And just a, a truly athletic play, jumping over the receiver and going up top, getting higher than everybody else, and maintaining the catch through the ground and through some contact. Just a great instincts, great athleticism, great feel for the game right there, John. What did you think about Derwin James's first interception? I loved how he came and ran all the way over there to get that ball. And this is what we expected him to do. We expected to have a athletic ball hawk that can come from one side of the field and go to the other side and intercept the ball. And we saw it there. And the fact that he was able to maintain the catch while slamming on the floor is something special. Because the last few years, we've had guys that you go, oh, he's got the interception, and it hits the floor, and the ball pounces out. And to have those type of hands is usually rare for a DB. I'm excited to see this in the regular season. Yeah, John, it's really exciting. And it was especially exciting to see him do it from the free safety position not as the strong safety, you know, really being that center fielder and, and going after the ball, you definitely could see him and Jaleel Adai being the tandem in the back. And I think Jaleel Adai even mentioned that in his press conference. He said, hey, we're going to make a heck of a tandem back there, basically saying that whichever position each of them are playing, they expect to both be on the field at the same time. And – the Chargers' defense came up again on the next drive when they forced another punt, a three and out against the Saints, also looking good in the running game. Didn't give up any chunk yardage. Didn't even give up a first down, John. And that was good to see because we know the Saints scored a lot later. But that led to the Chargers' first touchdown of the game. Another drive that was led by Austin Eckler on the ground and to Trez Newsome, who took over for him. After it seemed as if he was getting checked out for concussion, but it seemed fine after the game. Didn't see any other news about it, but the drive still ended good, John, because the Trez Newsom took the ball in from five yards out on a really a run heavy drive. Didn't make Philip Rivers throw the ball too much. And they were just able to kind of bully their way into the end zone, which was a great look for the new look, aggressive offensive line. It really was, and even Travis Benjamin got a rush on that drive. Good. And Watt was getting receptions on this drive, including one for 11 yards. To see all these running plays in the first two drives for the Chargers and have them all be positive yard, I don't even think there was a negative play on the ground those first two drives. That's looking really hopeful for the season. If we can control the ground game throughout the season, this is going to be something amazing because we have a great defense that's going to get rested with the offense that controls the game. Yeah, I think so. And in the, I mean, they did really well. I know the starters played into the second quarter on defense, but I thought they ended up giving up a couple okay runs on the same side. But as a whole, when it wasn't, the Saints' third-string quarterback running the ball, I thought they actually played pretty well against the run. So that was encouraging to see. And that was also the end of Phillip Rivers' day. 
ends the day with two drives that, I mean, one ended on the four-yard line, the other ended in the end zone. I don't think that you'd be very mad about that, John, but the rest of it was downhill from there. And it happened immediately on the next drive when the Saints had a huge play from Michael Thomas, stiff-arming Craig Mager back to his rookie year, and ended the drive with a two-yard rush by Alvin Kamara and also went for two and converted that as well, which was a theme throughout the day, and to make it eight to seven. And I know it's so close, but it was all downhill from there because that's when Cardale Jones came into the game. And for the rest of the first half, the Chargers had four plays for seven yards and a punt and three plays for one yard and a punt while the Saints added on two field goals. John, did you really feel the momentum shift as soon as Cardale entered the game? I felt the momentum shift when the Saints went for that fake punt and Taysom Hill picked up the first down. After that, it was like the Saints turned on another gear and you could not stop them. And when Cardale came in, you literally started losing hope. It was like, okay, without Rivers, there's, this game's basically over. Let's just see. Who does what? Is anybody going to step up and show they can make tackles on defense? Because there's no way the offense is doing anything. I think Cardale Jones made one good throw to Mike Williams up the sideline for a 13-yard gain. That fake punt really threw things off of the Chargers. They had another stop on the Saints, or first-team offense, and they really would have shut him out in all three of their drives, John. They, the Saints should have came up empty. Uh, the second half was... All bad, John. Geno Smith looked okay and then had a pick six call back due to a penalty. The corner might have got there a little bit early and tipped the ball up in the air. But guess what, John? That wasn't the end of his nightmare. Later on the same drive, Geno Smith does throw a ball up that does get picked. Really just watched his receiver the entire way. Really telegraphed the throw. and. That kind of blew the game open right there, John, when he threw that pick six. Not a good look for Gino. He had a second chance. You, That penalty, in my opinion, wasn't the greatest penalty called. It was a second chance for Gino, and yet he throws another one. I could not believe that happened. He, he looks pretty good the first two preseason games. Then, and then this game happens, and he throws two interceptions, including one, as you said, he basically telegraphed. He looked at his receiver the whole time, and the Saints DB literally just said, oh, you're going to go here? I'll just wait for that pick six. Thank you. Goodbye. It was ridiculous. I just wish we could see more of Geno with the first team offense to see what we're really getting in this backup quarterback because I don't see how he can look down his receivers unless he doesn't trust them to be there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And even though he only had one pick that actually counted against him, like you said, that really wasn't a great call. He got a lucky second chance on that because even that first one, he tried to fit into way too tight of a window. And he's lucky that Cardale Jones really didn't do anything this preseason. The Saints ran all over the Chargers with their third-string offense, their third-string quarterback at least ran all over them, including running for a touchdown in which he just really beat everyone to the outside, including Jatavis Brown, and also took the two-point conversion in on a run to the left side where he just straight up made 
Jatavis Brown with embarrassingly. And that wasn't great to see from Jatavis Brown. I'm not saying that he's going to be cut because of it, but I think I can. He missed at least six tackles in a row, John. And six tackles was, in a row. Yeah, this was just the beginning of Jatavis Brown's bad day because there was a lot of things that weren't good for him. And even though Kazir White, who got the start in this game, didn't have any crazy flashy plays, uh, he didn't have any missed tackles which is really good considering how many that Jatavis Brown missed. And we're not going to get into all the other points that the Saints scored. Just know they made their first three two-point conversions. Looked like they were going to make all four, but the Chargers realized that, hey, they're probably going to run the ball again on their two-point conversion like they did every single time and stopped the one at the end of the game. But basically, recap, Charger starters looked pretty good. Saints starters looked pretty good, too. It was a pretty good game through the first quarter. And then as soon as Phillip Rivers left the game, everything unraveled. I don't think you should take too much away from this game, John, even though the score was, I mean, really blew up at the end of it. Are you really panicking because of this game? I wouldn't say I'm panicking over this game, but there are some guys that are expected to make this roster who are significant pieces who after this game are making me worry, like Jatavius Brown, for example, missing six straight tackles. This team in the first game against the Cardinals was missing tackles left and right. And to see that there are still some guys missing tackles makes me worry since we had the the 31st ranked run defense last year. In the next segment, we're going to get into some of our favorite sounds from the press conferences after the game and some of the highlights from the Chargers locker room. So hold on just a second. And now it's time to get into some of the sound we heard after the game, including Derwin James and Austin Eckler. And, John, just these are just some of the good sound bites we heard after the game, including Derwin James on his first interception, Austin Eckler on the game in general. Let's listen to Derwin James and what he had to say about his first NFL interception and how the game is slowing down a little bit for him. And we get this from Chargers.com. James, after the game, and Derwin, not the score you guys wanted, but a good start for you, an interception, third play from scrimmage. Uh, it felt great, uh, you know, to come out. Trust you know, what my coach has been telling me. Um, you know, they put me in position, and the play was there for me to make. I made it, good play. Darwin, a couple of weeks ago, you talked about the speed of the game not being as fast as you thought it was going to be. Now that you've seen these Saints, that first-team offense, Drew Brees, future Hall of Famer, uh, what's your take on what New Orleans did? Uh, it's just um, Drew, Drew real good. Because um, like, if you play in the middle of the field, he trying to manipulate you back there. Like, he's all doing all type of movements and stuff. But I was just trying to read him as best as I could. I seen the routes. And, um, like I said, I just try to go make a play, you know, to get the offensive ball. And, you know, that's all I'm trying to do, just continue to come in and just play my part, play whatever role they need me to play. And um, help this team win. How much more comfortable do you feel just from last two weeks in Arizona to now? Oh, way comfortable. Um, it's slowing down a lot. Like I say, it's every every day, every practice, every week, it's slowing down. It's getting slower and slower. And um, like I say, more plays should be coming away. Finally, we don't know how much a star is going to play against San Francisco. Do you feel like you're ready for week one, regardless of how much time you get against the 
Forty Niners. I feel like I feel like um, I will be ready come come week one. I feel like there's always room for me to grow, especially coming in as a young guy. I still want to learn, and like I said, continue to learn every day because I mean, it's still a lot I don't know as a player right now. But like I said, I'm just gonna learn as much as I can, and then hopefully week one you come, you know, I'll be ready to go. Good start tonight, thanks, Darwin. All right, thank you. All right, John. Now that you heard Derwin James's thoughts on his first interception. What were your thoughts about that, and what did you take away from him telling you that the game is still slowing down for him a little bit more every day and just how he's fitting into the defense so far? It is great news to hear that the game is slowing down for him because there are guys that I've talked to that didn't make the NFL, but they went to high school around San Diego, and I got to tell talk to them, and they tell me, man, I thought college was fast, but the NFL, those guys are fast, and the game was just too fast for me, and I couldn't make the team. So to hear that it's slowing down every practice and every game for German James is great news. And he sounded really calm, cool, and collected during that interview, despite, you know, the guy talking about what week one is going to be like. Because there have been some guys where you ask that question, and they start getting that look in their eye like, oh, man, week one, uh, uh. But he looks like he's ready for week one. He is ready to be the starter. He's ready to make the plays and be what this team expects of him. You always hear players say the game is slowing down for them. But it's better to see it. I mean, anyone can say that. I think you've seen Derwin James a little bit late to a few plays. Not that he's missing plays altogether. But if you're a second late in the NFL, that could be a difference of 10 yards and making the tackle 10 yards down the field. So I think you really saw it in his play that his instincts in the game is actually slowing down for him because he just seemed to be in the right place at the right time, especially when he was there to pick off Drew Brees. And I think you're seeing that he really can play that center field role. He can be good in coverage. He can play over the top and really use his speed to make up for where he is on the field. And that was just really good to see, and you could see flashes of why the Chargers took him 17th overall. But the next sound I want to get into is Austin Eckler, who was the MVP of the Chargers game with six carries for 50 yards, over 63 total yards in the game, left for a second because of maybe an apparent concussion. We don't know, but he had a great game. I mean, he put up running back one numbers, so it was great to see that from Austin Eckler and just really cementing his spot on this team and really just asking for a a bigger role with what he did. Let's see what he had to say about the team's third preseason game. From Chargers.com. Eckler after the game, Austin 36-7, not indicative of what the offense was able to do in that first quarter. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's not what you want to see at the end of the game. Uh, starting now, you know, we had a good, good finish or a good start, and we were hoping, you know, our reserves, you know, people coming in next, the next half could build off of it, but didn't end up working out like that. You know, usually in the past couple games, they've been doing solid, so, you know, have to get back. They have one more game. We have one more game to, you know, solidify ourselves, you know, work for that, work for that slot. That first drive, you touched the ball seven times on nine plays, 54 total yards. Did you know you were going to get that much run? I did not. No, you got there expecting anything, you know. You'd like to if you can. <laughs> but, you know, you just got to do it with what you can, I guess. Finally, we don't know how much the starter's going to play. 
on Thursday. Um, but do you feel comfortable that this offense is in a good place come week one against Kansas City? I feel like, yeah, we're starting to come together, and that's what you, just what you want coming into, you know, fourth preseason game. Like you said, you know, the Stars might not play that much. Uh, we feel like, you know, if we didn't play at all or if we did, you know, we're in a good spot going forward for, for Kansas City. Good stuff tonight. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right, so the first thing that I learned from this video, John, is Austin Eckler is the only person that says you know more than I do, which is good to know for future reference. I'm not the <laughs> one in the clubhouse on that one. <laughs> but on it, This note, is facts, my friend. Everybody that's listening, these are facts. It's, it's all, all facts here. That's all you get, real hard knowledge. But, John, what did you think about Austin Eckler, and what do you think about him possibly having a bigger role in the offense this year with just the type of numbers that he put together last season and what he's been able to string together in very limited time in this preseason? Based on what I've seen this preseason, I think he definitely deserves more of a role in this offense. Just for this game, he had seven of nine plays on the first drive and nine of the first 11 overall. And he wasn't hesitating at all. He didn't have a negative run. He was running through those holes real easily, getting five yards a chunk, if not more. He definitely deserves more of a role in this offense. And if you have Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, and then the Trez Newsom has been playing, if you have him as your change of pace back, this is going to be a dangerous running team, and Anthony Lynn loves to run that ball. Yeah, and I think you're seeing him build on what he did last season, and that's just running hard, harder than it would seem for a running back his size, and showing great elusiveness. Not many, You don't ever see Austin Eckler get taken down by the first guy. It really just gives you such a versatile option as your second running back. For fantasy owners out there, if you're looking for a handcuff for Melvin Gordon, I think you know that Austin Eckler is going to get the rock a ton if Melvin Gordon were to ever come, were to ever go down. I'm really excited to see what Austin Eckler can do. And yeah, John, I think Detrez Newsom, I think we'll probably get into a, get into his game and his chances of making the roster more going forward. But I mean, he looks like a pretty dynamic three headed back right now if you have all three of those guys all three of those guys can make people miss have good moves in the open field for the most part and really bring different styles to their game I mean a lot of people don't know that even though he looks smaller Detrez Newsom's the second biggest running back on this team right now behind mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon and, and you he wouldn't... is and he's the most powerful back on the team in my opinion with how he really just runs straight forward and runs into whoever's in front of him, not caring, where sometimes Melvin Gordon tries to be elusive in most of those things. So I would say he's also the most aggressive running back on the team. Right now, Detrez Newsom looks like he absolutely is a steal, another diamond in the rough, and a guy to look towards going forward. But this game was about Austin Eckler and just how dynamic of a player he was. And even in the preseason, him going up against the ones is a lot like what you're going to see in the regular season. But coming up, me and John took some stats from this game that might turn your head a little bit. So stick around, and we're going to get to the best stats from the Chargers' third preseason game.
All right, John, we basically covered all of the recap, got into some of the audio from the team and some of the guys we wanted to hear from. And now it's time to get into our stats of the game. I'm excited to give you a few of these stats. There's some pretty good stats to go along with a pretty bad game. So we're going to go over the good and the bad. But, John, what's the first stat you saw in this game that you want to talk about? Uh, I think it should be the stat that tells the tale of the first half. And in the first quarter, the numbers go like this. The Chargers had 96 total yards. The Saints had 64. Time of possession was Chargers 8.5 minutes. The Saints 6.5 minutes. Second quarter, different story. Chargers only had 8 total yards. Saints had 143 total yards. Time of possession, Chargers 3.5 minutes. The Saints 11.5 minutes. Yeah, and like you said, it was really a tale of two quarters. And, I mean, really just marked by when Philip Rivers left the game, like I've said before. After that, I mean, even though that was probably the worst quarter as far as time of possession, it was pretty one-sided after those guys left the game. So I think that stat is indicative of when the game really turned the tide. The one good stat I want to get to, four for 38 yards. And that stat reflects the left side of the offensive line on the Chargers' first two drives. That's what Austin Eckler had. Four carries for 38 yards going to the left side. That's behind Pouncey, behind Feeney, and behind Russell Okung. The left side of the offensive line looked dominant in this game and really were just moving people like Mack Trucks out of the way and giving Austin Eckler holes for chunk yardage. I mean, Phillip Rivers barely had to throw the ball in his first two drives, and that's mainly because Ken Wisenhunt had no problem running the ball to the left side, and I was really impressed by that much-improved offensive line, John. When you say much-improved offensive line, I think that's an understatement. And let's give Derek Watt a little bit of credit, too, on that, because he's led the way with some really great blocks, especially early in the game, and had a reception as well. I thought And and Virgil Green and Sean Culkin. Yeah, well, don't get me started on the... The tight ends, and that makes me want to bring up my next stat, John, and that is about the tight ends. And I didn't say they were all going to be good stats. I just said they were going to be stats. So my next stat of the game was one, and that's one target for the Chargers' tight ends. Sean Colkin caught his only target for four yards, and that was the entire game for the tight ends, John, and that's not a stat you want to hear. And the starting tight ends defenses, they didn't really pass the ball. And then when they did, they were looking for wide receivers for the most part. And on the blocking side, Colkin and Virgil Green looked pretty good, especially on the touchdown run for Newsom. It was picture-perfect blocking on that play. The backups... Where are these guys? Are, are they lost in space? Are they even trying to get open? Are they just standing there next to a linebacker just so they can be like, hey, Mom, look, I'm on TV. Okay, bye. Like, Where are these guys? No one knows where these guys are. And after every game, Antonio Gates gets a notification to his cell phone that says, 
hey, it's your agent, and we're asking for more money. Because every game, it seems a little bit more apparent that Antonio Gates is going to be a target for this team before the regular season starts because they don't have anything going for them as far as undrafted free agents or really anyone after the Virgil Green and probably Sean Colkin at this point. Besides those guys, I don't think any of these guys are going to make the roster, and you probably want at least three tight ends. I have no idea who that is going to be right now, John, with the way these guys have played. But the next stat I want to get to is 4 for 11. And that's what the Chargers gave up in the first quarter in the running game. They gave up four carries for 11 yards, not including the five-yard carry on the fake punt, which I won't attribute to the first-team defense. I think you saw some very positive things, and I think it was keyed by the first start of Kazir White and Derwin James. I think that had a part in it, John. But were you convinced by anything on in the first quarter that the Chargers' run defense might be a little better? No, not at all. I, I think they played really well. Perryman and the boys showed that they can step up. But those guys were also in when the Saints started taking over a little bit after that fake punt. And what we've seen the whole preseason, especially against the Cardinals for on the first drive, it shows me that maybe they had like a couple of drives where you see glimpses of what could have been, but all the other drives show this is what we really are. Until we get a lockdown defensive tackle, I don't really see much out of this run defense. Brandon Meebane was still getting pushed around, can't hold his own on double teams. And when you don't have linebackers, I mean, when you have a guy like Jatavis Brown in there that isn't reading the hole even when it is there, it's hard to really make up that difference. I think the first quarter was a really shallow mirage on how good the run defense is. I think it will be better. I still do not think it will be good. And so far, John, the Chargers have two big question marks headed into preseason games that we talked about, tight ends and interior defensive line. And so far, neither one of those has been addressed. Look for the waiver wire. Look for surprising guys to maybe get some more playing time along the front line because whoever they had out there, it wasn't working. And even with the amount and the glut of good players they are able to put on the field, it just doesn't matter as far as stopping the run always because there's such a push on the interior for the offensive line on the other side. But, John, that's going to do it for today's show. I know we went a little bit long. We will shorten it up for the next one when we talk about winners and losers from this game. We'll also talk about position battles and give you an update on that. Get you ready in a couple days for the Chargers' last preseason game where we won't see much of the starters. But a lot of things to play for still. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure to keep tuning in with us throughout the weeks. We're working on getting some guests, so we should have some good guests for you guys soon. And that's going to do it. So we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. John, I will see you tomorrow. Go Bulls.